present life of man upon earth, O king, seems to me in comparison with that time which is unknown to us, like the swift flight of a sparrow through the mead hall where you sit at supper in winter with your alderman and thanes whilst the fire blazes in the midst and the hall is warmed, but the wintry storms of rain or snow are raging abroad, the sparrow flying in at one door and immediately out of another, whilst he is within is safe from the wintry tempest, but after a short space of fair weather, he immediately vanishes out of your sight, passing from winter to winter, and on into infinity. And beyond! Hello, and welcome to Ribbon of Memes, episode 94. This is a podcast where we interrogate films previously described by other children's playthings as masterpieces. Um, I am Nick, I am the outdated cowboy of this film, and I am joined as ever by the scientific space explorer, Roger. Sound of helmet closing. <laughs> oh, I like the way you lit the screen up when you did that, it's a shame we get <laughs> the listeners at home can see that. Um, we are discussing not just one, not two, not three, but four and a half, maybe, um, films tonight, because, or wherever you are, uh, whatever time it is, wherever you are, we are talking about the Toy Story franchise. Hmm, mostly the main films. Mostly the main films. I mean, we, we, Toy Story 1, I forget the names of the others, <laughs> 2, 3, and 4. Well, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's which... interesting in itself, because th- this is an era when particularly in the 2000s, that there was this tendency away from numbered sequels because people would say, you know, oh, it's it's number four. I, 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 that mean I have to see numbers one, through two and three first and they wouldn't go in. So they'd just uh, call it, you know, Toy Story, The Deadening or whatever. But, or, well, now the latest thing has been instead you just called John Rambo or Rocky Balboa or the, the most cinematic sin uh, that I can think of, the prequel to The Thing, which is also called The Thing. Uh-huh. It's in computer games too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Doom. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But these are just Toy Story, much like PlayStation and unlike Xbox. These go Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Toy Story 4 with no, I haven't even thought of that. There's no subtitles whatsoever. Oh, they did do Lightyear though, didn't they? Anyway, we may talk about Lightyear at some point. Um, well, arguably there's a sort of Toy Story 0 that where, where this all starts. Uh, which is a 1988 short from Pixar called Tin Toy. Yes, now I didn't watch that as part of our research. I think I may have seen it at some point in the past, but Pixar were known for short animated films, which is mm. why their, um, their logo with the eye is the light, because I remember watching that film of the light looking really Luxo Jr., yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and uh, I think to some extent Tin Toy is a tech demo. Um, it, you know, hit, we've, we've got this software and we, we want to, we want to prove we could use it. But where they've always excelled Pixar is turning that kind of tech demo into a, uh, a, a well, a, into characters you care about, really. Um, and yeah, so it... the, the, this is also written and directed by John Lasseter, uh, as, as the first few Toy Story films would be. He echoes throughout the rest of the films, um, yeah. but but this is uh, this is his film. So, so, so is he, he is at this point an ex Disney animator whom Pixar scooped up basically to be a creative type on top of their 
uh, computer experts. And this is the Steve Jobs still owns it at this point. And does until Swiss three three, I think. Yeah. Um, mainly by uh, of dying, does he? Does he give it up? <laughs> um, so Toy Story one uh, or Toy Story uh, is nineteen ninety four. Yeah, I, I have right? I have five, but yeah. Um, sorry, uh, ju- just briefly about t- about Tin Toy because the the basic premise is you know there, there is this toy. He's a mechanical one man band and. He comes to life. He, he's delighted at the idea of being played with, but the the child is destructive, <laughs> and and he, and he's scared. He he uh, eventually takes cover under a couch. Um, the 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 kids, you know, infant probably, um, mm. starts crying, and that then the, then the toy comes out and starts playing to calm him down. And yeah, that that sort of thing. Well, that uh, actually covers a number of bases that the films do. It, it? It's a five-minute film, but th- this is the five-minute film that Disney saw and eventually, um, I, I, I think they saw it several years later. But they, they basically started saying, "Yes, we will, we will co-finance this thing." But, yeah, because Pixar is still a separate company in '95. We'll come I, back to I that was, later. I was confused, yeah, because I remember Disney. Disney, Disney buying Pixar, but much later. But yeah. even the early films start with the Disney. Um, Logo. Yeah, uh, it, we'll, we'll come back to that too. But yeah, basically they they co- they at, at the very least co-financed it because P- Pixar was always short of cash. So now, am I right in th- saying that Toy Story was the first ever feature-length computer animated film? Um, it was certainly one of the first. I think it might be the first. Uh, um, yeah, the completely computer animated. Yeah. Mm. I yeah, think it was. Pixar would certainly be the people to do that. Um, it was also it, the first Pixar feature film, so that would that would make some sense because they you know, they they were fundamentally about computer animation uh, right from yeah. the start. And they uh, uh, yes, and uh, I didn't. They, well, they never did any hand animated films, did they? Though I think John Lasseter probably did in his past. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, why are we? Uh, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we got, it feels like we've got much more deep topics to talk about here than some of the other films we talked about. Every one of these, uh, they're kids' films, um, ostensibly. But I suppose everyone knows about Pixar that if your kid watches one, um, as an adult, you'll probably still get something out of it. And it's this franchise, I think, that generated that feeling. Mm. Or at least got it started, and and even in the original Toy Story, and it's it's interesting because you don't really notice when you're watching, but it is noticeable having come off the back of the Incredibles two that we watched not so long ago. How primitive, by today's terms, the animation is here. Mm. Well, I, I, I think that's one of, one of the reasons that they ended up landing on toys because mm. yeah, they are supposed to be. Hard plastic or relatively easily, easy flexible things or, yeah, they're not, they're not supposed to look human. And, and I, I would certainly agree that the, uh, humans are the weakest thing here. Yes. Uh, and if they move kind of jerkily, the toys or whatever, then it's, you know, it still works. It doesn't matter. Not, you know, the animation is very smooth and it pretty quickly you're lost into the story. Um, the, the thing that really struck me watching it now was, um, that there's a scene where, uh, for various reasons we may get into, that, that, that a car pulls into a garage. And that looks like the sort of level of detail I was doing in 3D modelling five years later. <laughs> I, uh, I I found it very noticeable in um, Sid's house, 
it's very basic, like mm. the decoration and the what. Uh, and there's moments when uh, uh, Buzz is uh, learning to fly or fall with uh, fall with style. Um, the, the backdrop is really very basic, just repeated patterns. Yeah. Um, so the animation, I mean, it gets much, 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 much better throughout the course of the films. But it's not, it's not really a detriment. I, I, I just wouldn't have thought that at the time, having watched Toy Story then. Um, as far as had we seen these before, I'd seen Toy Story one and two. Mm, and same, three. same. I, I'd seen one and two. I had seen three, and I'd seen four, but only kind of peripherally, and I was doing other stuff while the kids watched it. Um, so it turns out I hadn't really watched it at all. When it comes back to watching it now. Yeah. Um, but they're, um, so, uh, Toy Story 1 is the story of Woody, um, the, the cowboy, um, who, uh, who's Andy's toy, and he is, uh, uh, replaced, I suppose, by this cool new action figure, Buzz Lightyear, um, who comes to the toys, isn't aware that he's a toy himself, and there are many, many questions we have about how this works, and I don't want to pick it apart too much, except I kind of do, because I find it fascinating, mm. the implications of it. So I think maybe we will get a bit deep into the world yeah. thing. Well, yeah, the, the, and some some of the problems are, are do, do, I think, come from that uh, world-building. Or the, the feeling I was getting watching these um, was, on the one hand... Use your imagination, you know, what, what would it be like if, if the toys were, if your toys were, were like this? What, what yeah. adventures would they have? And then you know, a, a short distance later there is now stop using your imagination. Don't think about this because this, this is really quite terrifying. <laughs> to me, the whole implications of the entire franchise are just horrifying. And in some ways, the film shies away from them. In others, it touches upon them. I mean, I get the impression throughout all of these films that the toys we're watching are amongst the luckiest toys of all. Um, you know, so many of them will never get played with, will never get taken out of a box, will just go straight to landfill. And as, as far as we can tell, these things are... See, I am getting into the world. As far as we can tell, these objects, which have been imbued with consciousness are immortal or at least until they rot and most of them are made of plastic so they're probably going to last hundreds of years um, unless something happens to them I mean we'll, we'll come back there's the possibility of complete destruction mm-hmm. um, but and that clearly does but dismemberment doesn't seem to do it there's plenty of yeah. examples of um, dismembered toys <laughs> uh, particularly in Sid's house um, we, we, we never meet a dead toy. I mean, I'm not saying we should, but we don't. And because we don't, we can't assume that that's the thing that happens, short of complete destruction. They, they are clearly terrified at the prospect of being destroyed, which comes back to it um, later on. Yeah. Um, but why? The, it, start, it starts to beg the question, how do these things become conscious and how? why are they? And I, I suppose I start thinking about the rules, which were almost immediately broken in Toys and Well, not immediately. Uh, you know, why do they... Why are they inanimate in the face of humans? Well, it turns out that seems to be a survival tactic or more of a guideline than a rule, because at the end of Toy Story, Woody absolutely terrifies Sid. Hmm. So that's one bit. But at the same time, uh, Buzz, fresh out of the box, still believing he is a space ranger. Yeah. 
knows subconsciously that you, that you go limp when the kid arrives. Yes, that was the other problem. Yeah, that he, he does. They so they seem even if they're unaware of their situation. Buzz isn't going up to humans saying, "What's going on? I'm I'm a type. Why are you so much bigger than me?" He he knows that, or whether he knows it or not, he does go limp and can't move in the present. Now, whether this is a skill Woody's learned over the years, he's been a toy. I don't know, but I don't think so because all the other toys animate around him. Mm. Towards it, it just becomes. I don't know. It's a very strange world, and the, uh, it just the, the idea of it creates the possibility of such immense suffering in the periphery that I find that very distracting in all of the films. You know, all of the toys that are in landfills um, for the rest of time, conscious bodies just trapped, buried alive. Um, I just find the whole implications of the the, the world very disturbing. And the the best you can hope for is to be played with by a child for really quite a short time mm-hmm. who may destroy you at a whim. It's yeah, a good are... life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, to its credit, the series opens up questions like that towards the end of the franchise. But, but here, we these toys just want to be played with, and that's their purpose in life. Um, mm. So it's a very dark series. I mean, in this... So in this particular film, in Toy Story, uh, Woody's fear, and I'm so, I'm also surprised in this we watch, how many of these films, I think all of them, are motivated by existential fear of the toys. Mm. In this case, Woody is gonna be replaced. And I suppose in Toy Story, we're not quite sure what that means, but, uh, watching the other films, it means he's gonna be deprived of being played with, which is the whole purpose of a toy. It, it brings them such joy and happiness. That they like, I've read some theories that they're kind of joy vampires and they <laughs> feed off the joy of children. Um, and I, I, I guess the bit we, we see there is when, when we have the increasingly sophisticated opening sequences of a child making up stories for the toys to act out in effect. Yes, yeah, and that's the, that's the toy sort of rich inner life in a way. So while I was watching this, I was thinking, hang on, you know, given that you have this, uh, the entire world is against you. Yes. Why are you so ready to um, hate each other? Um, the, these toys have known Woody for a while, and yet, yeah. and yet they're instantly ready to turn on him. <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a much more brutal uh, toy-on-toy uh cruelty the first film than any of the others i mean do do we hmm they they are surprised that buzz thinks he is a space ranger that suggests that i mean presumably many of them have been there when other toys arrived yeah so that suggests and no, no nobody says oh right yeah he he's new He'll, he's got to get over it. The... that suggests that this is not standard and that says okay we're we're making fun of the crazy person here Yes, yes. Though the only other experience we see of a new toy is Forky, who also is unaware of his purpose. But we'll talk about Forky, who opens a whole manner of other existential <laughs> problems um, later on. It, it's true, but they, that isn't unique to 
that buzz because all the other buzzers in the toys in the toy shop as we see later on are also unaware that they're toys so whether that's a quirk of their design or their yeah I, I, I want to come back to that but yeah okay we'll talk about that i'm fascinated by this world i i in my head there was some dark ritual in the 20s or something that went wrong <laughs> that meant that all things that are well, that's it. What is it that counts as a toy? And this comes out, you know, what is it that gets a consciousness? Inanimate objects do not have a consciousness, as far as we can tell. But, um, but I mean, the, the thing that would be obvious, the, the obvious solution to this, and I think the first film doesn't go to contradict this, would be that when a child looks at them, plays with them, thinks, yeah, this is my toy and I like it. Yeah. That's the, the moment of... That's what you could read from Imb- this Imbument with a soul. That, 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 that will not be consistent with things we see later. No, but that, I, I agree. That would but, be but a that, that would make theory. a certain amount of sense. It would. Um, it I mean, no, no, no spoilers. <laughs> like, that, that I'm, I'm sounding religious, and I'm going to come back to the religious angle here. I think, we'll have, as we've been through all the films, we'll have to touch on the other. Um, that, so, specifically to this film, we have... Um, you know, it's a reconciliation of... Um, we we basically the the plot strands are that Buzz coming to terms with this you know, this is a pretty deep kind of um this is some <laughs> uh Philip K. Dick stuff, you know, that this person who thinks he's a space ranger, who thinks he's someone that he uh, finds out he's a child's plaything. You know, that is straight out of a Philip K. Dick story that mm. everything you believed was true isn't true and you're a toy probably you have but, a bunch of false memories as well i mean he remembers training for example exactly yeah and what does and so buzz is struggling with that to some extent realistically in the film in that he just becomes catatonic when he realizes it and he has to come out of that quickly because of the because of plot um but i i don't think it just throws that away it's not made a joke of he's he's absolutely devastated um and the other interesting character I have is Sid, who I think is pretty hard done by Sid. I mean, he and no other human has any reason to suspect that toys are alive, that toys are conscious, conscious and can feel pain. Um, and they can feel pain, you know, when he's, when he burns a hole into Woody's head, Woody, as soon as he can move and not before, jumps up and is like, ow, 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 ow. Mm. Um, so. Sid is just, I don't know, I did, I buried my Star Wars toys in the garden, I uh, sawed one's head off one, you know, <laughs> that's, um, it's, I think he's an interesting imaginative kid, but he's treated without question as a malign deity, again, we're getting religious again, but the, the, the humans in this could be read as, as gods, um, to which the toys are playthings, literally, um, but uh, Sid is this, Dark. Well, I, I would argue that that, that uh, taking your sister's toys is, is, is clearly a, a bad act on most All right, scales. Yeah. I think with that, that has to be the, the kicking the cat moment that he's a baddie. All right, fair enough. He does he does do cruel things to other people's toys. That's fair enough. Um, but it's sort of implied he's this awful sadist when oh, it's, it's, he doesn't know they're alive. Maybe he'd enjoy it more if he did, but I don't think he did. Um, we, anyway, we, we, we do have two returning ribbon of memes actors in this film. Well, we have Tom Hanks, yep. who we've had before. Um, and Ali uh, Ermey. Oh, blimey, yes, of course, the sergeant. Oh, yeah. 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 Very good. Um, we, yeah, we haven't had any of the, I mean, that, 
uh, we've been it. We've we've done, gone a bit heavy on the existential, and this won't be the last film that we talk about the existential. As as far as a piece of entertainment goes, uh, it's very good. You know, it's very likable. It, it moves along at a fair old lick. Well, yeah, my, my, my standard for entertainment for children that adults can also enjoy is Diana Wynne Jones. Okay, uh, which is which is a high it? standard. Okay, and it's not perfect, but it does a decent job. Well, here's my theory that I don't think the later films contradict. My uh, theory as to why this is of interest to adults. Um, the kids, you know, it's pretty obvious. They're toys, they're animated, they're moving, it's exciting. They get into all manner of physical scrapes and that. The reason it is of interest to adults is these toys' interests and problems are not the problems of children. They're not the problems of toys. These are the problems of adults, you know, obsolescence, death being replaced. These are things that mm. adults think about and worry about, not the things that children would worry yeah. about, and not the problems you would think toys would have. And, and in every film, you know, all of the films are existential fear and crises, and I'm going to be replaced, and my... Uh, well, I, uh, I, I guess children can get that with, you know, little brother or sister, but yeah, I'm, for the most part, I agree with you. Well, I get, yeah, but children don't they don't have a parent, the to- toys don't have a parent figure to look up to in many ways, you know, they can't go to someone and say, I'm worried about this and get a cuddle. Mm. Um, they are the ones who have to deal with it. Um, and in some ways they treat their kid as a child, which is a weird relationship because their child is capricious and could just throw them away <laughs> and not care about mm. them. Because in the human's defence, they don't realise that these things are conscious. But I think that is my theory as to why they work for adults, because they're, they're basically working Joes who have problems yeah. that we've got, um, and that's why it works for grown-ups too. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, and cer- certainly we'll come, come more of that sort of thing later. The thing, thing I find moderately interesting, the, the, these, these are not the up-to-date toys of 1995. Um, uh, no, that's very true. Th- I mean, some, some obviously that that yeah. I mean, speaking spell is early late seventies, early eighties. Um, yeah, Buzz seems to me a very very eighties sort of yeah action figure, pr- probably with a tie-in cartoon. I think I think in Captain Power that sort of, that sort of thing. That's a, yes, yeah. Um, the 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 ones that I recognise are basically toys that that existed in the eighties. Yeah, that's true. And probably because the people who wrote this film and made it are remembering toys from their childhood to some extent, or that yeah, their though, kids had that have now grown up. Though, of course, also, uh, if, if you... I don't, I don't know what, what uh, age of children were expected to see this, but you know, if, if you've got a kid of ten, he's going to remember, you know, five years ago I had that toy. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting choice. And some of them are actual... I wonder if a Rubik's Cube would become conscious... That's, that's an interesting thing. Probably not. Would it, QB? I don't know. <laughs> well, there's, there's nothing in this to say that it couldn't. Well, yeah, they don't have to be humanoids. And Mr. Potato Head, the number of implications that... Oh, my God, it's absolutely mind-boggling. <laughs> he can transfer us anyway. We'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Toy Story 1, which is it's pleasant. Uh, it, I wouldn't say, for me, it's outstanding or incredible, except that it was the first of its kind. Um, and it is, it's a good animated film. Yeah. Of the type we've become so used to having that maybe the fact that this was the first or one of the first kind of lessens its impact. 
Mm. Um, so maybe- certainly I remember at the time people made a huge fuss about it. Mm. People saying it's one of the greatest films ever or the greatest animated film ever. Or, um, I, I'm not sure that holds up to scrutiny. But It, it, I, it was the first animated film to get a writing nomination for an Academy Award. Okay. Well, that's... Uh, Considering, you know, the history of animated films before it, that's... Yeah, I mean, it didn't win, but it was the first domination. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that, that's Toy Story. I don't know if it's a masterpiece in and of itself. Um, I, it comes, I mean, as far as the world building goes, it, they, they have to sort of write, it, it comes basically from the idea, oh, what if my toys were real like I pretended they were when I was ten? Mm. Well, let's try and make that... It's a bit like, you know, the Alan... In some ways, it's a bit like Watchmen. <laughs> what if superheroes were real? What would that mean? Um, but it has a, a Pixar slash Incredibles kind of spin on it, uh, which makes it palatable, despite mm. all the disturbing implications. Um, yeah, the, right? I, I think that the trick to this, for me, was try to steer between not thinking about it enough and just yeah here are bright colors and moving objects and thinking about it too much and wow this is this is a bit scary certainly early <laughs> on with early on with these films because i'd watched them before i found myself drifting off into the yeah but what does that mean what how does that work and i everywhere i turned i found a disturbing way of looking at that so the first films to me feel very very dark um <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know what the original story treatments were like or all that's been publicly recorded is that uh the, the original ones were rejected by disney who said let's make it a bit edgier yeah, wow, that's a surprise, isn't it, for Disney? But um, I think they've done that before in Ribbon of Memes. I can't remember um, where else they did that. But it, it sounds like a conversation we've had before. Anyway, let's move on to Toy Story 2. So it's four years later, though I'm not sure time has really passed particularly. Um, not in the same way it does with some of the other films. It's certainly not four years in universe. Um, and... Things are continuing, and for reasons, Woody ends up briefly in in, in a box of, in a yard sale. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, his arm gets ripped. That's the Do you thing. know? It's funny. I'm struggling to remember the plot of Toy Story Two until it was, comes back to me. Yes, his arm gets ripped. And uh, he, he, he up... is briefly put up put up on a shelf with a toy penguin with a broken squeaker. And realises oh, yeah. that this this is the fate that's waiting for me. I'm not going to get repaired. Further disturbing existential crisis: fear of obsolescence, fear of aging, well, death, aging, fear of yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, fear of death. But through shenanigans, he he ends up briefly in in a box at the curb. Yes, and is spotted by a to- toy seller who is also a toy collector. Yes. And taken away and discovers his background. Now, here is the thing. Because mm. in the first film, Buzz arrived believing he was a space ranger and knowing about space rangers. Yeah. There's no suggestion that Woody ever knew that, or if he did, he had a, he had a memory reset. Maybe, uh, but... <laughs> It, it is possible for, you know, the more advanced toys to be reset, but he's, you know, plastic and fabric. He's uh, plastic and plushy, isn't it? Well, we'll, we'll, someone... we'll come back to the reset thing later, yeah. Yeah, but I agree, this is confusing. Do they have 
a very short. I mean, we discover that Boz is in the region of uh, sorry that Woody is in the region of forty, fifty years old, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, because um, because certainly the whole um, cowboy shows Davy Crockett in particular that that whole um, coonskin caps on every kid thing yeah. got suddenly uh, dumped in the, in the late fifties when you get Sputnik and so on. That, exactly. Yeah. yeah here is here is an actual bit of history. Yes. Um, Which is, you know, personified by Buzz as the replacement to Woody, you know, the space toy instead of the cowboy toy. Um, but it does create a confusing, um, uh, did Woody, how come Woody doesn't know any of this stuff already? Has it, ha- what happened to him that he forgot? Now, mm. if your first theory about how these toys worked was correct, then this would make sense. You know, maybe he was left on a shelf for 20 years, was loved by, wasn't loved by a kid until Sorry if that sounds weird, <laughs> uh, but but didn't become conscious until the eighties or something. Then that would kind of make sense. Um, but but we have the counter argument here because there is a toy here who is mint in box, yes, and is conscious. So unfortunately, <laughs> that doesn't work. You can become made conscious in a toy factory. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I do. <laughs> I mean, that's even more disturbing implications. Um, what if, you know, the toys are recalled because they're defective or uh, they never get opened? Or And it's clear that the prospector, you know, this is an interesting... It's really, you know, it's really good kind of voice by um, Kelsey Grammer, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, very well-voiced, very interesting character. Um, but he is clearly been twisted and made bitter by this experience. You know, he's never been able to be fulfilled by the love of a child in the way that the other toys have. Um, and and here we have... Though, well, though we have, not, neither has uh, Jesse, who has just been in a box, uh, in, I, in, in, in a chest, since, at least since Al the Toy Collector bought her. Didn't, uh, but Jesse Oh, she has, she, she has in, she, in a previous life, yeah. She has, yeah. So it's implied that, you know, you can have a kid and then you lose it. So but this, and I think you put this very well, and this is where we start to become overtly religious that you know the toys here are presented with for the first time two different worldviews really i suppose of what it is to be a toy and what it means to be a toy um you know should you uh, the prospector offers this future of never getting played with but you know comfort and immortality even if it's in a museum um you know you're never going to go into storage which uh, storage is mentioned of as this kind of horrifying state of limbo, kind of liminal uh, state of non-being. Well, I, I, I think at the very least, it's you know you're, you're you're in a box. It's dark. The box is never opened. Nothing ever happens. Yeah, so it's it's like purgatory or something. It's horrifying. And certainly, Jesse expresses uh, an, another fear. returning uh, ribbon ribbon of meme actor, of course, Joan Cusack. Oh, very welcome, Return. She was fantastic. Indeed. In, um, uh, I was about to say Glen Gary again, Ross, but that's not right, is it? Gross Point Blank. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we watched Grace Point, didn't we? I'd forgotten about that. Um, <laughs> One of my favourite characters in it, actually, but anyway. Actually, we, we watched uh, Point Blank, is the, the other thing I was thinking of. Um, but, yeah, yeah the, and the, the thing that struck me at this point was, okay, I was not expecting in this film for children an argument about uh, salvation through faith versus salvation through works. <laughs> now explain to me because that's the... what it is. I'm, the, the, I, I don't know my um, Protestant denominations well enough to pin down 
which of them adhere to which bit of theology. Okay. Um, but the the broad conflict is salvation by works is you you should do good stuff, you should make this world as heaven-like as you can. I.e. you should bring happiness to children in this context. Whereas salvation by faith is that your your own faith is the thing that matters and you must keep yourself pure and limit your engagement with the world. The prospectus view of the world. Yeah. See, that is, I mean, that maps perfectly, doesn't it? These are two conflicting worldviews. Now, it's pretty clear, uh, you know, in this context, the, the salvation through faith view is the antagonist view and the, the, the hmm. wrong view, um, and the salvation through works. It's quite clear. Now, this isn't always the way in the Toy Story franchise, but here, you know, when faced with a choice, as actually Buzz is, um, in the first film, you know, he's given a choice between death or to bring joy to the pleasure of a child. He chooses, and the film kind of characterizes as the right choice, hmm. to to be with a child, even though we find out later and, you know, a moment's reflection also makes you realize that's a very temporary thing. Especially if you have a lifespan of however long, yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I've lost it. That's all right. I've interrupted your complex theological argument. No. Um, well, similarly, um, we've got this... It's it's always harder to recognise propaganda or proselytising if it's a thing you already agree with. <laughs> yes. And... I, I'm really quite annoyed with people who buy, for example, board games or books in order to keep them in a sealed bag and sell them later at higher value. And the, the book is designed to be read. The board game is meant to be played. That is what it mm. is for. Um, speculation I, just makes life worse for everybody. So, yeah, so obviously I, I am on the side that this film represents as the right side. But that doesn't yes. mean that's always the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I'm with you. I, you know, mint in box means no one's ever got it out and played with it. And, you know, I, I feel like that's the philosophy behind the film as well. You, you've got to, uh, you've got to fulfill your purpose, your destiny. And it's, it's a shame to have these, particularly, uh, people who buy two copies, one to play with and then one to, um, uh, to keep in the box and, uh, speculate and accumulate, which seems just wrong to me. But I, I mm. agree. Uh, maybe there is a, a different view, but it's quite clear which side this film comes down on. The prospectus wrong, and the the collector is kind of portrayed. I, I'm well, and see, see our previous episode um, because I think there's a commonality of uh, portrayal here. He, you know, he he is the salesman. He's the guy who treats everybody like dirt until they yes. have something he wants. Yes, and so oh my god, he's the the Howard. <laughs> 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 the Howard Ratner. Um, I, I do feel he's a bit of a stereotypical, uh, mm. comic book guy nude. Um, and I, I suppose slightly rail against that portrayal, but, um, but the humans are, are, are unusual characters here anyway. You know, there, there's a definite step up in quality. We also have the, mo in quality of the animation and of mm. the action. Um, and we have the interesting moment where Buzz uh, enters the toy store and is faced with a whole shelf of Buzz Lightyear's sort of catatonic for the most part until the box is opened. Is that how it works? It seems to be. 
But, I mean, think about that. And here the film, I, I think, completely drops the ball. The, the philosophical implications of there are thousands, at least the thousands that I can see right here, yeah. of people exactly like me. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what makes me, what, why am I special? What make, why, why should I rescue myself rather than this other guy? You know, you, you could go all sorts of interesting places with that, but they don't. I, it's interesting that we are, you know, this is a kids film, but it doesn't look at the implications, and, I, and it does explore other implications of it, but I agree, that is quite a, another existential crisis. Um, you know, I'm not special, and here's a whole shelf of people exactly like me to prove that, that mm. uh, I am just one of these, um, and then we have another Buzz briefly joins him, who's largely played for comedy, um, mm. and is sort of thrown away at the end of the film. Um, I, and I, I feel that's a bit of a misfire. I, I agree with you, the whole extra Buzz thing. It works as a plot point, and it's funny. Um, they, they fumble, and it's funny to say this. I mean, you, you get that classic thing that you get in a lot of um, fantasy TV shows where, or where somebody's been duplicated for whatever reason, uh, saying, you know, I, I'm the original. No, no, I'm, he's, I, he, he's the imposter, shoot him, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yes. But, but they're, they're playing that, I think, as a reference rather than... Yeah, there's yeah. a number of references here. Um, I, I agree. As I say, it's weird to talk about uh, them dropping the philosophical ball, but I, I think the reason we're holding them to it a bit is that they they don't in other aspects of the film. It, so. Well, not not even for the philosophy point of view, but in in terms of the sort of thing that Toy Story brackets franchise has done up to this point, it yeah. seems like a very easy thing that you could do. It uh, it seems like the characters we have met so far would be disturbed by that discovery. And certainly Buzz, when he discovers he's not a space ranger, yeah, he's sent into this state of despair. Maybe he's just so come to terms with it that he's okay and understands it. But it's one thing understanding you're one of millions of toys. It's another extra encountering a whole <laughs> whole shelf full of them. Mm. Um but there we are. I mean, this, um, this did have a slightly troubled production. Um, they, you know, they brought in a co-director and so on. And yes, there, there may well have been chops and changes. They, they, uh, they, they also ha- had the fun way of discovering that your backups haven't been working for the last month because somebody just did an RM minus RF star on the root folder of your asset server. Nods wisely. That sounds like an annoying thing to happen. Does that mean they lost all their work? Uh, they only didn't uh, lose all their work because their technical director had been had been uh, homeworking because she had a new kid and she had a backup copy. Oh my god, that would have been how far gone was the film? Would they? Um, oh, this this was in let's see after about six to eight months of production, I think. Goodness. Um, well, thankfully, we got a film out of it. It's a very, yeah. it's a, again, extremely entertaining in the slick Pixar way of we are definitely going to hit. I mean, Pixar are very good at, we know how a narrative structure is supposed to work. We're going to hit all those plot points. You will be narratively satisfied by the end of this film. Hmm. And also- it, it, it is unreasonable of me to resent it when I feel I'm being manipulated too well, but sometimes that happens. <laughs> sometimes it does. Um, they are good at adding a bit of extra depth. And again, these are, uh, these are adult problems of, of, of fear and replacement. And as you say, that, that we get touching into religion now. Um, uh, it's, it's it's good. It's good. It's certainly, uh, I think, uh, an improvement and a deep. The characters of Woody and Buzz, who are really, uh, frankly, 
with the exception of Toy Story 4, to me, they're really the only toys who get characters in any meaningful sense. The others there are really um, mm. one-liners and, and comic characters. Um, uh, and, and Jesse, you know, has an interesting journey in this film, doesn't really have that again in the rest of the franchise. Um, I don't think... I might be misremembering. We'll have a think about it as we go through the others. But but Woody and Buzz... So, though now, we, de- we definitely learned that toys are heterosexual. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'd be exceptions to that. Toy Story... F- I, well, there's going to be a Toy Story 5, isn't there? Which probably will give us something about that. Oh, also, I have my suspicions about Ken in Toy Story 3, to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> shall we move on to Toy Story 3? Well, ju- just just a, a couple of things I did want to mention. I mean, I, I do lost after that cantilever toolbox. <laughs> um, it, I, I thought there were more deliberate references here. I mean, th- things like... Um, you know, he's the imposter. No, he's the imposter. Yeah, that I am your father is very clear. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the baggage sorting area, which is kind of, I mean, I, I, I haven't watched it recently because it was a bit rubbish, but I, I think Die Hard 2 did something quite like yes. that, the whole, yes, let's have did. a fight in a baggage sorting area. Yes. Um, I d- okay, do, doing the train thing on a airport luggage cart, I do like. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, doing the standard, we're fighting on a train tropes. The the action sequences are yeah, very well done and easy to follow. Um yeah, and and fun. Yeah, so this this did have a bit of a troubled production, but yeah. I I think in in the end it it, it works pretty well. Now Toy Story Three was was it ten years later? Uh eleven. It it comes out in twenty ten. So well yeah, it it could have been earlier, but there there were complications. So because of the Disney buyout and all that sort of thing. Well, not not even that at first. Um, so the, this this basically Pixar had made a seven film deal with Disney, which included this and I think Cars and some other stuff. Right. Um, but the characters were owned and controlled by Disney because Disney always owns and controls the characters. That is, that is their fundamental business model. Yeah. Uh, so, and they also had the rights to make sequels to Pixar films, though Pixar had a right of first refusal to work on them. Right. So basically, Disney could say, we're going to make a Toy Story 3, and Pixar could either say, yes, we will, yes, we will make that for you, or no, you can add it to somebody else. Okay. So... And they said no, didn't they, originally? Well, it, it didn't quite get that formal. So this is about 2004. Um, it, it's It's... Disney is negotiating and it's not always going terribly well and there's a suggestion that they may well split up and not, not, not work together further. So Eisner, yeah, the, the, uh, everybody has an opinion about Michael Eisner, even people who've never met him. Okay, yep. <laughs> Chairman of Disney. Um, basically says, right, well, we will set up a new Disney animation unit. Um, and we will make Toy Story 3. Uh, Tim Allen says, yep, I'm on board. <laughs> okay. Nobody no else, one else did. Nobody else says anything. I mean, they don't say no. They're working actors. They've got to go where the money is. But mm. but uh, Tim Allen is, is pretty much the only person who says, yep, I'm absolutely on board with this. Uh, so the, the, the original plan was this is in 2004, and that would have been released in 2008. Okay. Um, there were a couple of scripts. Uh, let's see. Uh, there was one... Where the, Andy and the toys visit his grandmother's house, because uh, his room's getting remodelled, and basically they're they're vanishing one by one, and it's a kind of who done it murder mystery thing. Okay, 
Interesting. Uh, which Disney basically said, yes, it's not going to be three, but if we carry on with this, it's going to be number four. Okay. Um, and then these the, weren't Pixar. These were it, this, this is Cir- Circle Seven, the, the, Circle the Seven. new Disney Who was the Disney animation. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the the other one was uh, Boz's malfunction. He gets shipped to the factory in Taiwan where where he was built. Oh, so we just get recall. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, then they discover that um, lots of other buzzes are malfunctioning, and there is a massive recall. So the toys send themselves to Taiwan to rescue him. Okay, I, I mean it might well have worked, might have been good, but they there's no hint of either of those in what we actually got in Toy Story Three. Well, maybe a little bit, but yeah. I mean the the, the usual thing, you know, Buzz is is in the recycling upgrade whatever bin and meets other toys which were loved but have been recalled right okay so no, there's a little bit of that um but then it went back to pixar that then what happened i believe is that disney bought pixar yeah they, anyway. they, they simply bought pixar outright and um and cleared up all the rights problems well, it, it meant that uh, Pixar didn't have a choice about it, so that so they had no negotiating strength left. Okay. Um, it, then it brought back the original writing team, uh, particularly John Lasseter had something to do with it. And yeah, though he he's not directing this one. He was busy with Cars, or uh, it wasn't The Incredibles, was it? That was Brad Bird. But yeah. Okay. So yeah, we we, we get Arlie Ermey for the last time because he died shortly after this was made. Uh, that, that that isn't the reason they write the um, toy soldiers out of it, but well, th- this film is, you know, this really brings the existentialism and, and kind of horror of obsolescence and getting old to the fore because Andy is now seventeen um, and does not play with toys anymore. You know, the, the opening sequence uh, again; it's another. Stunning, fun opening sequence, uh, mm-hmm. dazzling, uh, but then sort of rapidly montages through Andy Till until their latest plan is to get him at least to even go in the chest where they are stored. Mm-hmm. So they hide, hide his mobile phone that he's now got, but he just grabs the phone and chucks them all out of the way, and it was their last chance to be played with. And they are becoming resigned to their fate, but they also know he's about to go to college in a few days. And they are gonna, well, they don't know what's gonna happen to them. The best they can hope for is like an eternity in the attic. Hmm. And hopefully, maybe Andy will have kids one day and they'll get played with. Um, which makes me feel better about my kids playing with my old Star Wars toys now. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know community service there. But again, every one of these films is shot through with this fear of, um, we are gonna become obsolete. We're gonna die. What's gonna happen to us? We, we we have lost our purpose. We may even lose our lives, and they're they're all filled with this kind of horror. Mm. I, I'm surprised how motivated they are by fear. Every moment of these toys' lives seems to be full of full of existential dread and fear. And and w- what this says to me from the religious point of view is the cult. <laughs> And it, it, it's certainly clear. I mean, what, one of the things in real world cults is that they, they um, take in people who are desperate and scared. And the cult in this case is the toys 
find their way through shenanigans to Sunnyside Nursery. Yeah, it's a small side note. Do not ever use rubbish bags for storing things if there is any possibility that they may get treated as rubbish. Uh, uh, right. I, I know somebody who lost a the only copy in the world medieval manuscript that way. Ah, okay, well that's good advice. Oh, that's depressing. And if only they'd followed it here. Um, but they end up in... Um, a cult is a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, there's this initially friendly welcoming your desk. Here, here is the daycare. There is an endless supply of kids. Yeah, it's going to be great for you. Um, but it turns out they're in the, the toddler section. And the toddlers are all basically malevolent Sid-type characters involved in torture and repeatedly smashing and beating. So and we, toys... come, we come back a bit to, to, to Tin Toy there, because that, that was the original fear. That's the And the toys... Whatever joy they get out of being played with by a more imaginative older toy, they they can, it seems, disturbingly feel physical pain um, and discomfort, and they are put through a lot of it. <laughs> they are basically mm. tortured um, for hours um, every day, uh, and they are um, they the, yeah. There's this cult um, fed by uh, fed by um, led by the the Lotso Huggy Bear uh, Lotso Bear. Uh, uh, played by, is it Ned Beatty? I think it's Ned I Beatty. I think so, yeah. Who I don't think we've had on Ribbon of Memes. No, we had remember. Warren, but. Uh, but yeah, Ned Beatty, uh, again, very good. I mean, all the performances are very good in all of the films for the most part. But yeah, we have this, um, Woody is not part of the cult, but I suppose what it doesn't do is they're never quite indoctrinated they see the failings of the cult very quickly and well they don't have to. Up, up to a point because in, in in the initial uh stage it's that they, they are all yes this is great let's be, let's be at the daycare forever hmm. except for woody who is sticking with the old faith yes yes that's true he's saying no 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 i i'm going to find my way back to andy i mean maybe what maybe i'm going into the attic but that's the right thing to do and uh, also we have the interesting thing of Buzz. Uh, you know, I say no one's indoctrinated, except Buzz, of course, is converted um, and becomes a true believer. Um, uh, now he's done it. it. It happens electronically in his case. <laughs> he's, he's literally reset um, and has his memory erased, we think, or not erased, stored elsewhere, because it comes back. It seems to come back, but there's no particular diegetic reason why it should. No, it, it doesn't make a huge amount of sense in the universe, I suppose. Um, except we don't know how the souls of these beings work. But yes, he, he becomes <laughs> indoctrinated. And it's, uh, it is, you know, everyone knows that dolls, baby dolls are creepy and it's done to great effect in Toy Story 3 with the, with the big baby doll with the half-lidded eye. Um, it's, it's, it's well done. Um, well, he's, he's kind of the, um, Lenny, isn't he? The mice and men. Mm. He, he is yeah, terrifying because he is huge and strong, but has has no particular malice, but he does what he's told. But it can hurt people very... And, and then we get all manner of riffs on kind of prison films and prison escape films and a bit on sort of heist films. Um, I, I must have... admit that if I had not seen Chicken Run, I might have been more impressed with that, but Chicken Run <laughs> did the Prisoner of War parody so much better. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is a very good... That's that Ardman, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, with a ribbon of memes returning, Mel Gibson, but uh, it's not returning because <laughs> we're not uh, we're not talking about Chicken Run. Was that that was before this? Was it? Uh, yeah, that was two thousand. Oh really? Blimey! Um, 
But it's it's well, and, and again, we have the other uh, terrifying toy used to good effect, which is one of those bizarre monkeys that clashes symbols together. That it could be nothing but terrifying for anyone. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say potato head because th- this is, this is where we discover <laughs> just what a potato this, head can do. This is bizarre. So it turns out Mr. Potato Head can transfer his consciousness to another object, in this case a tortilla, if he sticks his... So his consciousness seems to be rooted in... His plastic bits, rather than the central potato. bits. And also... I, I thought the central head. potato in the, in the toy as sold was actually a plastic thing as well, but I may, I may be wrong there. I've never, never I, seen it, one I, the I think it clearly is in... Um, I think the original, very early ones, you stuck them into a potato, mm. but now you get a plastic potato. And I think right. it's pretty clear that Mr. Potato Head is one of the plastic potato ones. Yeah. But somehow his consciousness is transferable. And Mrs. Potato Head, which also has all manner of disturbing implications, she can see through her other eye, which is miles away. Mm. So she can practice clairvoyance. Or, or remote viewing, or whatever you want to call it. Just the, the consciousness <laughs> aspect here is, is he, and not only he can then animate the tortilla mm-hmm. in some peculiar way. I just, I just, how does that, that work? That could be a film in its own right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a fun bit until you think through the implications of it. Oh, we have another uh, ribbon of means returning here, uh, with Michael Keaton. As Ken, mm. um, who again is a very nice um, moment with uh, with Ken and Barbie. It's, it's all very well done, but there are disturbing implications. Toy Story Three. Um, well, so Lotso is an interesting character, isn't he? Uh, you know, if we're talking about the religious aspects of it, he's a typical sort of cult leader. He's rejected the the kind of the true faith that Woody represents. Um, and he's trying to create his own faith and his own gods. You you also get that whole um, cult escalation thing because what, once they realise how horrible the small children room is, the, the next step in 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 the um, doctrine is yeah, but it, but if you hang on in there for long enough, you can move up to the big children room where it's nice. <laughs> That's a very good point. I also think it's very telling in the final piece when they're going into the trash. You know, as Lotso abandons them, he calls back, you know, where are your kids now? Mm. Well, that's, you know, there's not many words you have to change in that to make it sound <laughs> something very different. Um, that I, you know, when you start talking about religion with it, you know, I, I really do think there's a lot of religion, whether they're intentional or not. I have to feel they are a bit because these are all philosophies of how to live and what gives you meaning. They're all there, and, 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 you know, some of them have, you know, Jesse in some ways is the fallen Christian that returns to the faith. Um, th- there's a lot I mean, of... I to, to whatever extent it was deliberate, I, I can't say, but at the very least, the people involving this were brought up, in, involved in making this were brought up in a country where, uh, Christian mythology, which I use only to distinguish it from any, any other religious mythology. Yes. Um, is omnipresent. Yes, exactly. You know, but, it, it's part it's part of the background radiation of life, and so you're going to get exposed to it. But I think the reason that it, these are religious questions, even if they're not explicitly Christian, is because they are questions of the meaning of existence. You know, the toys are constantly sort of arguing over 
philosophy and uh, different worldviews. Um, it, it's really fascinating and, and quite deep. It, oh, how intentional it was, I don't know, but that hmm. it it does. I, I suspect it was a bit, or they are not afraid. Aside from Buzz's um, uh, duplicates, they're not afraid to sort of look into. Well, hang on, these toys have had a very different experience. Their worldview is very different. Now, they usually come back on the side of, but you should follow the true faith of Woody, which is, um, you know, kids are great and you should, the pinnacle of a toy's existence is to be loved by a kid. Hmm. Um, which we'll come back to for the last film, which is why I, I personally think the last film is the best one. Um, uh, but, you know, this, uh, Toy Story 3 also has the moment, um, extremely manipulative but flipping hell it works where they are all about to become incinerated and that you know it, the the way the way it becomes effective is that jesse looks at buzz who has never given up and has never failed before or anything like that and he has accepted that he's about to die and the minute someone like buzz has accepted that you know you as the audience are like are they actually gonna die um and i think it's telling that the whole you know, the whole series is, is full enough of fear and mm. existentialism that you understand that these are situations that toys might be faced with. And that's why you believe this is actually going to happen. I mean, I was crying and I cried again this time. I, I will admit, okay, that, that wasn't actually the um, moment that really punched me in the feels. The, 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 what, what, what I absolutely saw coming and I could see how it was going to go and it still worked on me. Yes. It was right at the end where, he, where he's giving his toys away to a smaller kid. Oh, yeah. Oh dear. It's, it's again, very emotionally manipulative, but he, oh goodness. Um, yeah. So they, these are the luckiest, some of the luckiest toys in existence. They get a whole nother cycle of 10 years or whatever before their eternity of torment. <laughs> um, I, I, I would, would ju- just like to pull up, um, after, um, Boz is returned to the fold. Uh, he he gets accidentally reset into Spanish language mode, and I confess I do find that kind of heavy-handed because he he is all of a sudden the um, you know the bullfighter stereotype of um, I will present the girl with the rose, I, I will dance the tango with her, that kind of thing. I think if that had been some other nationality, you know, <laughs> or if he'd become Jewish, Buzz, or, or some stereotypical, some other, that would have been very uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not a particularly despised minority group, at least for us in Europe. And I think that e- e- even from an American point of view, I mean, that they're, 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 this is not the Latin American Spanish stereotype. No, this, this is this the European is the, Spanish, yeah, isn't it? So, uh, I, I, I absolutely agree that knocks on some pretty, obvious stereotypes um and you only have to ask much as you know um you can think well what would this would be like if the sexes were reversed um how would that feel if you replace that with another nationality that would become very uncomfortable so i i wholeheartedly agree with you um yeah at, at least a bit awkward though i mean it could have been a lot worse as you say it could have been a lot worse um so toy story yeah and it ends on this kind of well, perfect ending for the trilogy, really. Um, that, you know, they, they get, they become loved again. They get what they want. They rejoin the true faith in the religious sense. They become rewarded. Um, and there and, we could and the have implica- left it. Yeah, the implication at least is that this could be an ongoing cycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they've, they've been through it. They've, they've been through the fear and now they get their reward. Um, 
But that's not where it ended because because it made lots of Toy money. Toy Story Four, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Toy Story Four was another. Was it another ten years later? I think. Uh, well, nine, but yeah, nine. So okay. uh, yeah, so so we, we may have noticed in in three that Bo Peep was not present. She, there is a passing line where they're talking about the friends they've lost along the way, and Woody looks sad and says, "Yep." Even Bo, who has been a, a kind of romantic interest for, insofar as toys have romance at all, which is a bit bizarre. Well, we had the ere- we had the erection joke at the end of uh, two, but <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Oh my goodness! This is exactly you know these are films for adults really with kids with shiny bits for kids, but they're adult films, I think. But in any case, um, yeah. So Toy Story four, and we we have a flashback. Uh, show, showing uh, Bo being taken away, and yeah, I, I, I by this point I, I was sensitised. I was seeing the religious thing and everything. You know, you know, sometimes God just takes good people away, and you can't hope to understand why. You, <laughs> yeah, you, you just have to accept it and accept that there is a plan. And that's what the toys have done, really. That they've accepted. Yeah, we lost her. We have to go on with our lives. Yeah. Uh, so. But then once again, very early on into Toy Story 4, Woody is once again faced with that horror of obsolescence and not being played with. And Molly, for very obvious and good reasons, prefers to play with Jesse, the the cowgirl, than Woody, the cowboy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's faced again with sitting on the shelf and and being left behind. And what am I going to do with the rest of my life, this midlife crisis slash... Um, am I going to get thrown in the bin? <laughs> kind of fear that these capricious gods hold over these poor toys. So, so then he sneaks into, into a backpack for the first day of kindergarten. Yes, and then we have the moment of genesis, <laughs> um, <laughs> in that this capricious god Molly creates life. She makes uh, a pretty shoddy toy, um, a, a, a spork, a couple of pipe cleaners. Yeah. Um. And that is enough to spontaneously bring it consciousness. And understandably, I mean, it's a bit terrified. It's the, the experience of this poor bloody thing. It is just horrified at the onrush of consciousness, and all it wants to do is go into the safety and warmth of trash. Um, it is a see. That's interesting. It is aware on some fundamental level that it is a disposable object and not a toy. And yep. I don't, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I mean, that <laughs> opens up. Does that mean the other disposable objects have some kind of liminal consciousness, sub, subliminal? I don't know, but it From is. From trash you came to trash you shall return. It's, it's horrifying implications. And the whole, Woody then takes it upon himself to convert this poor innocent to his religion. Mm hmm. I can't help but on the basis terms now. I, I think to some extent that is on the basis that his religion is is a way of having a reasonable life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and it served him well. Um, and yeah, so he takes it as his new article of faith that he's got to convert this fork being. <laughs> well, well, be, being fair, that this is the only way he has available of stopping stopping Forky from committing suicide. In effect. Yeah, that's disturbing, isn't it? That basically it just wants to, it just wants to die. It's like Frankenstein at this point, that this creation just can't bear its existence and wants to end it. Um, I found that very disturbing. Um, 
But then it it gets deeper still as on a road trip uh, shenanigans happen. Um, Woody then encounters his old beau, Bo. Um, uh, well, first well, n- he, not not at first. So he 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 sees the lamp in in an antique store. Yes, and and he recognises it as Bo's lamp. Um, and then he encounters a defective toy, um, a defective doll. Um, oh, I've forgotten her name. Gabby, right? Gabby. Gabby, Gabby, um, whose speech box doesn't work. Now, that isn't something they need to be able to speak. But to, to each other. To each other. Um, but it is something that they need uh, to work as toys. And so Gabby wants Woody's toy. Um, again, creepy, disturbing toys used to great effect in this turn, in this this time it's ventriloquist tummies which mm-hmm. are which are very creepy um again they're not given a lot of fair shrift in that you know if you look creepy you kind of are creepy in the toy story universe. <laughs> um but then uh he also i mean there's, there's a ribbon of meme cross reference here because um we're remembering magnolia and donny the quiz kid oh yes who who had that you know i'm completely unlovable because of my, it was his teeth, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, fix the teeth, and I'll be. And if if only this one thing were fixed, I I could start having a normal life. And so I'm so I'm you know, spending years waiting for this one thing to be fixed, rather than having a life. And and Gabby Gabby is basically in the same position. Yeah, she starts to idolise this um uh the grandkid of the owner of the shop who comes in, and sort of. Uh, deifies here that she is going to be her her god her, her saviour um, and that's that's a really disturbing cutting, cutting some of the other things in the in the film short she does eventually buddy uh, sorry uh, Woody eventually agrees to give up his his talk box to her and she believes then salvation is at hand and she is just thrown in the bin by this kid and he's just like nah. Okay, and that, that's a dis- that's a hurtful and disturbing emotional mm. moment. Um, from what I like about Toy Story Four, we don't have any <sighs> complete villains, irredeemable villains. You know, Gabby mm. Gabby acts as she does because of the life she's had, and she is redeemable. Um, Woody, in many ways, is shown to be naive because you know later on. He he does meet Bo, his old Bo Bo, um, who has become a lost toy. She's become an atheist, effectively. Mm. And this is that where we're and going. She, and it? she's yeah, well, I, I think so. I mean, she, she's, I mean, you, you you could make a similar um, argument for for some some of the religions that started as, you know, we we will get away from the whole hierarchy and we will just have you know every, every man is a priest. Um, yeah. Any, anybody can conduct a service and, and so on, which we've also seen. But, but certainly it, it is getting away from it. you You find the God and you follow the God to we will just go out and do the stuff that we see needs to be done. We, you know, they're, they're travelling around helping other toys. Yeah, we don't need organised religion. We don't need to bring joy to a child. We can change it. Yeah, so she has rejected the orthodoxy. Um, she's either the Protestant or the atheist or whatever, but she is a lost toy. She also has a kind of Rosie the Riveter look, which always works for me. So, oh, definitely. I mean, she's a really strong, interesting character, much more than she has been in the other films. Yeah. Um, and so she's, you know, really the agent of her own destiny. And Woody is, you know, who's been the the kind of arch, uh, 
uh, espouser of the the religion that you must be loved by kids is then confronted with this idea. No, actually, there's a way of life. And you you could live without it, without being utterly depraved. And yeah, there, there is a, yeah. there is another way to live. Um, and so we have further shenanigans involving Forky. Um, I do think Buzz has pretty short shrift in this film. He doesn't really have any kind of journey or interest mm. to go on. Um, he's just reduced to his, his old, um, uh, we must rescue Woody. And there's the thing about the inner dialogue, um, which didn't quite work for me, I suppose, but it's, it's funny. I mean, mm. it, as far as shenanigans and, and, uh, um, uh, uh, action stunts and things—it it works perfectly. We have um, Keanu Reeves yeah. as uh, as the evil Knievel alike. I've forgotten the name. Duke <laughs> Kaboom, Canada's Duke greatest Kaboom. stuntman. I mean, he's great. Um, it's just, yeah, he's, just, <laughs> um, he's really well observed character that is just <laughs> what I like about it, it he's, he's somewhere between an adult and a child himself <laughs> and he's clearly living by these toy rules and a, a lot of the lost toys haven't fully and this is interesting you know a lot of them are more agnostic than atheist you know um, Bo is the, the real kind of rejects it we don't need it we don't need them mm. and a lot of the others are like well I am lost and this seems like a way I can live but they often yearn for the kids anyway as Duke Kaboom does yeah, I mean, I, I think the resolution of uh, Gabby Gabby's arc is is, is a part of that. Yeah, um, she, she is rejected by the owner's granddaughter, is it? I think so. Yeah. Um, but as the toys are escaping back back to the RV, um, she she sees a kid who is lost, and Woody basically persuades her to go and do uh, that. Yeah, instead of uh, fixating again on another perfect, um, another perfect human, um, I, it works. I, 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 there's there's so many levels of philosophies here and and how it works um, that I'm I I was very impressed with this. And I, Toy Story Four got a slightly harder reception, I think, than some of the not not much. I mean, a lot of people really liked it, um, but uh, it got a bit of a harder harder re- reception, I think. Um, uh, but I, I, I'm not sure why. For me, it's the one that breaks away from the mold. All the others are trying to get back to the status quo. We need to be loved by a kid. We need to be loved by a kid. And here, at the end, the big revelation is that, you know, Woody, the, the, the one character who's always pushed for, you know, the most important thing a toy can do is be loved by a kid, finally is won over by Bo's argument that there are other ways to live and you can, be fulfilled without having a kid yourself you can just mm. and they're not you know they're not becoming kind of evil they're not rejected they are doing as you say they're doing their own good in the world and they don't need kind of the external validation of these um uh frankly horrible <laughs> horrible <laughs> gods that they've given themselves um so i found that you know the ending there again really you know the party between buzz and woody when buzz um when Buzz says she'll be okay, I mean Bonnie'll be okay, and Woody realizes what he's saying—that that he can leave the group and he can join Bo. Oh, Woody has finally been what he feared from the start, replaced. Yes, exactly, and he realizes it's not so bad that he can be a lost toy. Um, that there are other ways. Oh, I, I should add special um, uh, tribute to the psychotic—is it Bunny and Ducky, which I quite mm-hmm. liked? Uh, key, <laughs> key and Peel. 
Uh, yes, yeah, they're, they're very well, um, they're nicely observed. Um, it's a bit of a one joke that basically they are willing to <laughs> psychotically attack humans, but it's a well done one. Um, yeah, I, 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 was... I, I had a soft spot for the skunk mobile as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all... How, I... how do you travel around with, 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 uh, without people saying, what's that, and getting in your way? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, well that's another interesting thing. Um, they have to go soft when... Um, they have to become inanimate when humans are around, except the one time in Toy Story, the original film, where they don't. But animals, they're fine with. Mm. I just, I well, we, we, know, we've seen um, animals before. Going back onto yes, exactly. That, that, the, that's another another of the feels in Toy Story three when what was the puppy at the end of one is oh, now yeah, the elderly dog. Aged, yes, exactly. It's, Toy Story three feels. More ma- deliberately manipulative. I don't mind it. Because Toy Story Four moved me in in I think more profound ways, maybe. Mm. But they both they both very big in film. So I mean, looking at the, the, I think that the only reason that thing with Buzz's in, inner voice makes sense is because we're talking about conscience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. We've got morality creeping in here. I just um, you, you may not like being a toy, but you were put here for a reason. Well, that's Forky, isn't it? Yeah. He doesn't want to be a Tory, um, but he has to be converted to the, the religion. It's, um, yeah, they're, they're deep and in some ways deeply disturbing films. And what I like about Four, for me, is all the troubling sort of philosophical implications I had about all of the others. Bo does offer a way out of that, a way out of that mm. cycle of misery um, and horror. And, you know, the the other three films... The implication at three, as you say, is yeah, maybe they'll be lucky and there'll be another kid and there'll be another kid. I found the ending of four more hopeful mm. in that... Um, there there are different ways of doing things. Yeah, you don't have to constantly try and get back to that. Um, which is why, yeah, now our, a friend of the show um, uh, on... Uh, oh, what's his name? Sorry, we'll have to cut this out. Um, on um, on uh, Mastodon. Cast, ca- Kale. Kale. So Kale, friend of the show, um, mentioned that his feeling was that Toy Story 4, uh, Toy Story films were all a series of endings, and basically they each try and one-up each other on how perfect they are. I can't argue with that. <laughs> you know, they yeah. all do end better and better and better. Um, I can't argue with that, but they all work for me. Um, and it's not like the, the rest of the films are disposable. They're all, they're all Pixar films. They're all very enjoyable films to watch in their own right. And I would say watching four Toy Story films felt less time to me than watching one uncut gem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Film. And in terms of uh, reaction, that this was another, I, huge, hugely popular. It was num- number one for two weekends, which is vanishingly rare for an animated film. Um, yeah, ninety-seven percent Rotten Tomatoes, all all the rest of it. Um, oh, so it wasn't it wasn't badly. I think it was slightly less received than three, uh, less well received. But they're all what they are. They're kids' films. They're very good at that. But they've got heart and they've got a mind. And although the implications in a lot of ways are very dark, they have they haven't been afraid to delve into a lot of them. And these are these are about consciousness is trying to work out how to live their lives and, and mm. what what philosophy is going to work for them on a very sort of fundamental level and I I think that's really good yeah 
Now, should we? Are we going to mention Lightyear? Well, there, there, there are various small things. I mean, the, the, this franchise affected uh, my my life uh, well before I'd seen any of it, uh, because from 1996, uh, Debian Linux release names have been characters from this film. <laughs> okay. The first one was Buzz. Um, Sid is always the experimental release where things, where, well, the unstable release where things may get broken. <laughs> oh my god! Perfect. Uh, the, I mean, the, this. Yeah. Sorry. Th- these films have had strong cultural, you know, to infinity and beyond is a is a is a trope now, and you've got a friend in me is a song that probably everyone assumes predated Toy Story. I don't think it did. I think it was written for Toy Story, but. Um, uh, they, these are uh, cultural touchstones now, which is uh, one of the ways of checking whether you're looking at a masterpiece or not, or one yeah. of ours. Uh, so just, just mentioning briefly sh- uh, some of the shorts, which I haven't uh, gone into in any, any depth. Um, there's Lamp Life, which is basically Bo's life between get, getting taken away and ending up in the antique store. Okay. Or rather ending up as a, as a lost toy, which I, I, I might take a look at sometime. Uh, there was a, there was a animated series, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which I had a look at one episode that I found on YouTube and it was just <sighs> songless. <laughs> okay. I mean, all... that, that might bring us back to Lightyear. We, we have, we have taken the standard recipe for kids' shows and we've inserted this character into it. That's about yeah, it. Um, yeah. There are there are a couple of Christmas specials which seem to have been um, kindly talked about, but uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen those either. There's, but um, well, then the other big release was was it this year or last year? Uh, Twenty two, yeah. Light year, which is the the the, the tagline is uh, it opens with the the words. Um, in 1994, Andy was given a toy from his favourite movie. A boy called Andy was given a toy from his favourite movie. This is that movie. And it doesn't even live up to those words, to be honest, let alone much else. It's, it's very, yeah. very pretty. Well, I, I, I did actually watch this. Yeah, uh, I, I haven't finished watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the first thing that struck me is, you know, we, we've got these computer models of what the Buzz Lightyear toy looks like. Yeah. And this guy looks like a different person. I mean, obviously he's not going <laughs> yes. to look exactly like the toy. No. But he has a different face. Yep. Different <laughs> so, shape face and a different voice. It's Chris Evans doing the voice this time. Yeah, I, I believe um, Tim, Tim Allen did offer too, but, but was turned down. Uh, okay. But I, I was also thinking, you know, Wreck-It Ralph 2012 has has a sequence in i think a, a game called Hero, video game hero's duty because it's, it's oh yeah story story about video game characters and that just did the whole bug attack sequence rather better than we get here <laughs> i th- i think solar sums it up i don't know quite it, it's what it generic is. action adventure yeah it's really generic there's none of the kind of thought or philosophy of Toy Story, and the character of Buzz Lightyear isn't particularly consistent with his character in Toy Story. Well, yeah, I mean, ev- everyone is a bit one note. Yeah. We've, we've got Taika Waititi, and even he—even he, <laughs> <laughs> even he cannot—even his character is a bit dull. I mean, there's there's comedy in it, and it is—it's funny. There's a cool I robot guess. cat in it, but it's—it's it's yeah, all a bit... joke. Sometimes he behaves like a cat. <laughs> Yeah, that's his it's joke. all a bit kind 
can I say Joss Whedon funny in that it's very polished and they've all got the right one, except that Joss they're... Whedon does it is actually quite funny and it's less perfectly they, funny. They, they're trying to bring up a time travel ethics thing, but you know, we've seen Primer. So. <laughs> exactly, that, that's the old. I, uh, the, even, the thing yeah. that really struck me here though was the, the Toy Story films, particularly the first one, um, you've got the unquestioning stereotype Buzz learning yeah. to be a real person. Yeah. Insofar as that's a thing in the Toy Story films, obviously. This is also about him learning to be a real complex person in the Space Ranger world. Yeah. So the thing this absolutely isn't is the film that would produce that toy that we saw in TS1. <laughs> I think that is my fundamental problem. It doesn't even live up to that opening thing. He, I don't he, know he why has Andy a different would... character arc. Yeah, and Andy wouldn't... This wouldn't be Andy's favourite film, and it's... I'm not sure it was anybody's favourite film. Well, it didn't do very well, and I think deservedly... It's funny, it has this promise of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, it's going to be a galaxy-spanning world adventure, but it's actually confined to one planet mm-hmm. for the whole story, and there's not much kind of space wonder in it, <laughs> and I don't know quite what they were going for, really. Yeah, it was hugely uh, marketed as well, which... I, I think over-marketed was certainly the reaction people had afterwards. Yeah, it, it just I mean, it's not going to be the start of a franchise or anything, is it? There's no way. I mean, look, looking on the bright side, it, it was banned in a whole bunch of Muslim countries <laughs> beca- because there is a brief same-sex kiss. So, Oh, yeah, it is LGBT plus friendly. Um, and that's... It, in the usual modern way, it's not a film about having the problems of being LGBT, etc., yeah. Um, it, it is a film in which people like that are just people, so nobody worries about it. Yes, exactly, which is one way of handling it. And I, I think, you know, I've talked about it before, I, I think that's probably, if you are not going to handle it well, I'd rather you did it like that than try and talk about the problems of, uh, you know, prejudice and um, homophobia and that sort of thing. Well, also, it, this isn't a setting that is the real world. It's, I, I don't think it has any defined relationship to the present day, but you know, this, this is this is a multi-world space setting. It's not implausible that they should they should have dealt with that a bit. Uh, yeah, see, th- this feels like a. I don't know. It's I don't know what the kids would think of it. They've shown no interest in <laughs> interest in watching it. Um, but it doesn't work on an adult level. I'm not really sure it works that well on a kid level of spectacle and explosions and fun either. In a way that all the Toy Story films do. So, bit of a duffer. I, I um, yeah, it's a shame. I'm sure no one sets out to make a bad film, but um, but there we are. It is. So, so sometimes I get the impression that that people realised halfway through that they were making a bad film, but they had to produce something because the money people needed their money back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh dear. Oh well, so, uh, but, so moving on from Lightyear, which, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't really feel very connected to any of the stuff we've been talking about, that, to me, the Toy Story franchise as a whole, yes, is a masterpiece, they didn't need to be as deep or as philosophical, they're, they're well done films on their own, uh, the, the world building is troubling, but I think four redeem that for me, and I think three and probably four, are masterpieces for me. Two feels a bit too familiar for me to remember what it felt like the first time I watched it, and one looks a little primitive to me. But I, I think, as a whole, the series, I, I think they're masterpieces. Mm, yes, I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm not completely happy with that. I will agree with you on four. Okay. Um, 
I would probably put one simply for getting the thing sorted out in the first place. That's fair, that's fair. Two and three, not so much for me. I mean, I like the ideas, but... Somehow they, 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 they were not at the same level for me. I, I wouldn't argue with that either. And I think three feels a bit more consciously manipulative. And I, it works for me though. It got me blubbing. So that's not awesome. Well, as I was saying earlier, I, I don't like being manipulated, which is, I know, unreasonable. <laughs> I d- Especially I when it's to... done really well, which is very unreasonable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to know about it. I, I don't want it to be aware of. Um, anyway, I think we both enjoyed them a lot and we've talked for a long time. And it's interesting. There is a lot to talk about with Toy Story. Um, in a way that other films we have liked or haven't liked, haven't really done. Whether yeah. it's consciously supposed to be as deep, I think the f- just the fact that they touch on the meaning of life and the meaning of existence open up whole realms of interest to me uh, in ways hmm. that other films don't. It's sometimes a bit crude, but it, it's, yeah, good, it's yeah. good that it's done at all, yeah. Yeah, and seeing ordinary people grappling with those ideas, um, and Woody is one of the classic as Tom Hanks is really one of the classic everyman kind of mm. characters um, that we see from time to time. But Tom Hanks is phenomenally good at doing everyman. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, unlike Tom Cruise, as he's like, not, not like other men, Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in a good way, Tom. Don't take that. Don't take that. Um, so, yeah, there is going to be a fifth one. Um, there is. So, but we, we, we decided not to wait for that, just as we didn't wait for... Uh, the next Mad Max before we t- tackled Mad Max. No, that's true. Maybe we'll touch on them later. I mean, I'd certainly be willing to give Toy Story 5 a pass, uh, or at least a watch. Um, I hope it doesn't... It's just a shame when you've got something that's really good, you just don't want it to come and get much about with. Well, in particular, we, we've talked before about a sequel that retroactively undoes some of the happiness of the ending of the previous one. Yeah, canonically Alien 3 for me. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was going into four feeling quite hesitant because, you know, you, you, you had the trilogy, you've had the suggestion that this could be an infinite loop. Yeah. And that, that, that completes the narrative arc. Yeah. Um, so now what are you going to do? And I, I agree with you. It does it very well. Yeah. But I'm still nervous going into five. Are you going, are yeah. they going to undo that? <laughs> are they going to be like, oh, actually we all got back together? We don't know. Hopefully they won't do that. But that were interestingly, that's another franchise where we both felt the fourth film in the franchise was one of the strongest, with Mad Max mm, as well, in yeah. very recent very recent years. Uh, you couldn't say that about the Superman franchise. <laughs> 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 um, or many others, in fact, um, Star Wars. Anyway, there we are. Oh, all... yes, yes, Nuclear Man, I remember. God, God. <laughs> that was a bad film. <laughs> um, three wasn't that great. Um all right, well, there we are. I think we have finished talking about the Toy Stories. Yeah. Uh, they won me over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, there's a reason I started with the Venerable Beads. Uh, um, ruminations on existence and, and life. Um, I, I feel like the Toy Stories do that very well, and they're subjects which fascinate me. Um and it only remains for me to carry on to infinity and beyond. Quick, get back in the box. <laughs>